0: plushcarecom slash loss
1: You cannot just lock us in a cupboard and turn the key in and hope that everything goes away. It goes away. It goes away. Hello, Jacob. Not today. Thank you. With Jake Yab. Good morning. How are you? You're all right. It's Monday morning. And all of the newspapers this morning are covering uh, what they're calling the Labour War as uh, people decide uh, who should succeed uh, Corbyn. There's a loaded word. And uh, lots of pictures of potential candidates uh, Lisa Nandy, of course uh rebecca long bailey and uh, emily thornbury and i think however much you have learned to subtone your voice emily i think that tweet will come back to haunt you and will kill the labor party if you go for it um sometimes you have to deal with the reality that's in front of you don't you okay day one ground zero rebuilding the labor party uh, thanks so much for coming. Now I am saying that in this session we'll be having a name amnesty. Okay, I'm terrible with names, so we'll have no no judgment on anyone who. Let's let's go around the circle. Say your name and how you're feeling today. Stephen, sad. Philippa, sad. Matthew, yeah, sad. Yusuf, sad. Nigel, sad. And myself. Kenneth and sad. Okay, key question here. Do we stay with the Corbyn momentum vibe or are we going for something more centrist? Uh, any thoughts on, yeah, um, oh, I've forgotten your name. Yeah, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I've got a sort of more centrist idea. Okay, okay, that's fine. We're just, instead it, still nationalising trains because I think that would put a lot of people off. Uh, what about nationalising roundabouts? How do you mean? Because, like they're always sponsored, and they're by using like by a curry house or something, and that's commercial, isn't it? It was called like cinnamon something, like or some uh, like a colour and vanilla, blue vanilla, purple vanilla. You know what I mean? So yeah, roundabouts. They could do quite well in Milton Keynes anymore. OK. Day one. Ground zero. Conservative government. Clear majority. Boris, congratulations again. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, what's on the agenda? Get Brexit done! Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> uh, here are some policy documents. Right! And what, we're doing a photo op where I chainsaw them in half or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Smash through them on that big digger I had? Something like no. that? No. You're, you're just uh, reading them. What? What well, In here? Yep. No press? Nope. Any rallies later? Nope. Just reading policy documents. All day? Yeah. Tomorrow? Mm. Reading policy documents again? And annotating them. Is it the sort of thing I'm expected to do now, then? Yes. You're the Prime Minister. There's no crisis, no deadlines. This is your life now. Can I have one go on that digger later? What for? I think I want to dig that ditch. What day is it? Monday, the 16th. Of December? Yeah. S- so it's happened? Yes. And, oh, don't tease me, hung parliament. We lost. We won. We won? <laughs> How much? 80 seat majority, Jacob. 80? <laughs> yeah. We took Sedgefield. We took S- Tony. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Yeah. Ja- Jacob, Jacob, wait, wait, wait. Jacob. We took Kensington. But, but that that's where... We're Grimfowice, that's right. We're for- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, God! <laughs> Everything they taught us in school was true. They really are thick, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Common sense, yeah. <laughs> oh, what should we do next? Chop off their legs and sell them some shoes. <laughs> oh, so, um, can I go back on to LBC? No. Thank you so much uh, for the lovely messages of support uh, that I got last week. A Difficult day for all of us, I think. And I was sort of querying a little bit why I was getting up at 5.45 in the morning to do this podcast. Mm. And uh, on that note, uh, Jem on Twitter, uh, he saw I, I posted a, a screen grab of my alarm set for 545, and he observed uh, that uh, my alarm sound is uh, JY Weird uh, 1. Uh, it's an MP3 of a piece of music. Uh, that's what this is. He said, I'm genuinely curious as to what your alarm t- tone sounds like. Uh, not in a creepy, wish I was there to hear it when you wake up sort of way, though, obviously. Um, that's okay, Jem. I mean, we're all friends. I don't see why we shouldn't just all pile on like a big heap of puppies uh, at times like this. Anyway, um, thank you very much for your support. This, this is the reason I chose. I wake up to this is because it starts with just a very quiet bit of tambourine, and I don't think it's going to bother anybody else. That's literally it. Uh, Anyway, we were asking uh, last week uh, What country would you flee to For no reason whatsoever And uh, somebody suggested uh, Mordor Which was a a nice touch It was nom de plum Uh, Blousy Rose on Twitter said "Uh, Mordor, there'll still be less evil than here And more credible Uh, So, uh, yeah, good shout I'm not sure where it is But we'll get there And uh, John emailed He said, uh, thinking about going to a different country uh, I decided to go to Holland uh, his, uh, his subject line of his email is Go to Holland, do not pass gouda I don't know how you pronounce it That's, I think it's like gouda Gouda, gouda. Anyway uh, He went to Holland, some idiots at a university Gave me a job and, and such uh, Slowly I learned Dutch But I had to learn shouting first <laughs> uh, My shouting classes are onerous Uh, Luckily, John says, I was already fluent in shouty Nazi German Let's be very clear, that's a very specific kind of German Uh, Several of my grandfathers won the Iron Cross Well, congratulations (laughs) to you (laughs) At the university, I met a security guard from Oldham Who longed for Branston Pickle What are we all? I had a small supply He asked me if I had any, but I lied I'd also a pork pie I bought from a Swedish-Greek store in Amsterdam That's convoluted. The shopkeeper had to phone his boyfriend to work out the price. I never told the man from Oldham about the pie. No one had ever tried to buy the pie before. I ate it with the meagre supply of Branston pickle. I ended the circle. (laughs) (laughs) That's all very mad. I love that. Thanks so much, John. Uh, If you want to share any stories about uh, clandestine food hoarding, uh, it might be quite apropos nowadays. Uh, It's not today at swanburst.com. I'll still take uh, countries you'd flee to, but uh, I I quite like that. And I've got another thing we'll we'll come on to uh, in a minute. Uh, But Matt, we carried this off from uh, last week. Uh, This was his story about, I think, how how he got married, how he met his wife. Uh, So here's the story. I have no idea what it's like. Anyway, he says, uh, this is how I met my wife. Having been single for some time, Picture, if you will, the love child of Ming the Merciless and Sloth from the Goonies. and You'll have a fairly accurate facsimile of how I present to the world. Mirrors are, as you might imagine, something of an issue for me. Hey, do you remember that show? You won't remember that show, because I think it was only on in the States. It was called The Swan. Did you see that? Oh, it was an awful conceit. The idea was that they sort of literally said, we found twelve women who are dog rough." And we are going to transform them. So they they found women that that did not fit the mold. So they they were a bit overweight, or you know they had a a, a slightly wonky nose, or you know something, a large chin, or something. And for like six weeks or something, they'd shut them into these uh, flats, these apartments, which had no. Uh, mirrors of of any kind, and they'd even like they they'd rough up the bottoms of saucepans and things so that they couldn't see their reflection in it and stuff. I mean my question is were they allowed access to water? because that's not a bad... Anyway, so they couldn't watch their transformation and they'd go on diets, but mainly surgeons would hack at them and they'd get fancy new teeth uh, malleted into their jaws. And uh, then there'd be this revelation moment where finally they stood in front of a curtain and the curtain was drawn and there was a mirror and they could see themselves as a swan. And uh, almost universally, uh, they were mothers. You know, they were women who, uh, who were of a certain age and had a family and you would see them finally reunited after many weeks with their tiny children and the children were going what the hell happened who are you where's my mother it was the worst thing I ever saw I'm sorry that's a huge digression let's get back to Matt's story about how he met his wife I was quite taken aback when I first clapped eyes on surely the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen stacking shells in the crime section of our local Waterstones I think the inflection I gave that was wrong Uh, The most beautiful woman I'd ever seen stacking shelves in the crime section of our local Waterstones. I know that's not what he meant. Anyway, I immediately became sweatier than usual. My breathing became short and troubled. Oh, yeah. And my brain went all of a fuzz. What, I asked myself, should I do? Well, for the next nine months, I visited the bookshop every single Friday and purchased two or three novels. Now... I'm definitely something of a bibliophile, but come on, 700 quid on novels. <laughs> anyway, it was the end of September by this time and I thought enough's enough and plucked up the courage to talk to her and asked her for a recommendation. To cut a long story short, bit late for that. That's Matt saying that. I wasn't saying that. I love these stories. We continued to chat about books for a further two months. <laughs> wow. November arrived, and I had a further £200 plus to spend on more books, so in I went. And upon paying for the basket full of other people's mind splurge, (laughs) she wished me a happy birthday, and touched my forearm. I was elated. The following week, I gave her a gift. The Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. Not a very romantic book, but whilst being a reasonably big chap, I am stunted in other ways, Mm -hmm. secreted in the chapter entitled, A Bunch of Flowers, I put a card, which read thus, oh my goodness, this is properly, this is going a bit persuasion, isn't it, Jane Austen? Thank you for all your recommendations, his card read. If you would like to meet for a coffee and perhaps chat about books some more, please call or text me on 07... I entered the bookshop on this day more nervous than ever before. Still, I gestured with a glance and a shifty backwards nod of the head that would make a seasoned stalker proud that I required her presence. Handing her the gift, I said, Thanks for the recommendations. I have this for you. Is that the time? I think I can hear my car alarm. I must check now. Go and buy now, go now, bye. And legged it out of the shop forthwith. For the rest of the day, I was a quivering meat sack of anxiety. Ha <laughs> ha! Such prose. The tension became papal papal. Okay. Upon my return from the band rehearsal that evening, I had received no communication from this wondrous woman crestfallen. I turned my phone off and opened a bottle of wine. Oh, this is awful. I then had a notion. Maybe my phone was rubbish. I turned my phone back on. And yes my phone was rubbish. She'd sent a text saying If you don't leave me alone, I will contact the police. No, no, I'm kidding. Not really. She said she'd love to meet up. And so we did. It's a very good job she doesn't like handsome men. That's all I can say. Or witty men. Or clever men. Or successful men. Wow. Ticking every box. (laughs) Ticking every anti-box. I count my blessings every single day, although I may not show it. There you go. Apologies for the somewhat lengthy missive. Love the show, Steve. I love your lengthy missive, uh, Matt. Thank you very much indeed. That's a very charming story. I mean, it could have gone the other way quite drastically uh, if if it hadn't had the outcome that it did. (laughs) But fortunately, it ended very nicely. Hey, if you've got a nice story about how you met your significant other, I would love to know. It's not today at swanburst.com. In the meantime, though, I I did find a story in Metro. It's so great for the occasional spurious story. I just need to find it now on my iPad. Yes, it's about the object of the year. Uh, 2019's most important vote. Uh, They have decided on what the object of the year is. It's an 83-year-old roll of lavatory paper. And... uh, it's uh, it's on display at the Garden City Collection in Letchworth in Hertfordshire. Bit weird there. Have you ever been there? Bit weird. There's a really good second-hand book and record shop. But it's a bit weird there. That's all I'm going to say. It's got a slightly kind of Hopper-esque, creepy, weird feel. Mm. Anyway, uh, it was the Hertfordshire Association of Museums Object of the Year. And uh, 1,600 members of the public voted, but they were all a bit weird. It's where they filmed Shaun of the Dead, I believe, Uh, because it's a bit weird. Okay, I'm going to stop now. Uh, Anyway, I was wondering uh, what your object of the year was. I mean, this loo roll doesn't sound all that good. Uh, Apparently, uh, loo roll from, from that era was notorious for its, quote, hardness. Manufactured in 1936 by E. E. Russell, the paper's considered to be on the higher end of the market of its time. So uh, it doesn't—it doesn't look good. It looks very much like the sort of stuff you had uh, when you were a kid. Uh, anyway, so what's your object of the year? So there you go. That's—I think that's three things I've asked you for. Now get on with it, will you? Um, you can uh, tweet. It's at Not on twitter or you can email not today at swanburst.com i love the long form i'm all about the long form if you want to send us uh, a long rambling email bring it on i love them and it's do you know the best thing about this podcast is feeling like there's this nice little community of us now It's only about three of us, but it's a nice little community. If you wanted to grow that community a little bit, maybe open the door and welcome someone into this warm bath of despair. Uh, Why don't you let someone know? Why don't you uh, strike up a conversation? Uh, I mean, maybe not slipping cards into books and bookshops, because that's weird, but uh, but successful, apparently. Maybe you should do that and tell them about this podcast. Uh, I will be back tomorrow with more. I hope you have a wonderful day and take care of yourselves. Bye! Now on BBC One, it's time to put the moron into oxymoron. It's Sports Personality of the Year. Hello, I'm Claire Balding. It was an incredibly bland field this year, no pun intended. See, we can be funny too, with countless, immemorable faces doing things with pieces of equipment in leisure centres or just legging it round the park. And the nominations are The One Who Ran Around Really Fast... The one who kicked that ball into the right places and the one who hit the other one really hard. Here to announce the winner is Mike Bushell, what was on Strictly and, like so many sports reporters, wants to try to expand his career into mainstream entertainment. Hello! Yes, hot wet eyes. Oh, so needy. Oh, just while I'm wrestling with the envelope, who here thinks I should do a chat show talking to people in the world of sports? Yeah, thank you. The commissioners keep saying, you know, they can't get past the whole partridge thing, but, oh, it would be so different. Oh, Katia, she'd tell you how much we laughed in rehearsal. <laughs> I don't know. I just want a chance. It's so hard. Just trying to get... And the winner is the one who hit the ball all over the shop and was cleared of a fray last year. This has been a Swanburst
0: Media production.